celebration and collaboration, right? And we believe that we want to celebrate Jesus, but we want to celebrate each other. We want to give flowers while we're still alive. Right? Come on, yeah. And so, thank you for still is and while we're still alive. Um, and so, this one church in Chicago, they really kind of just took my message and put it in a one-minute video. And so, let's check out the video as a framework. Sometimes, followers of Jesus can be alone to deny because our seriousness about sin and hell can mute our ability to pause and live joyfully in this age. Solomon, and all. Money, pleasure, and power. Yet, in reflecting on life, everyone should eat, drink, and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. Although we have inevitable daily struggles and difficulties, God gives us a beautiful world to enjoy. So at Good News in the Neighborhood, we love to laugh and eat, tell stories, and eat some more. Because while we wait for Jesus to come back, one of the best ways to worship him is by delighting in the things he has made. So no shame in the game of joy. We celebrate good from God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So today, today, my sermon uh, is called, is called um, it's Christmas, fam, right? And so the, some of the big ideas is let's meditate on the incarnation, right? The reason for the season. Uh, let's celebrate as we await, right? And we're waiting for either Christ's return or like for Christ to promote us and we go to heaven. Right? So as we wait, let's be faithful and let's celebrate, right? And, and you know, in this, after 2020, don't you feel a lot of people audit their ambition to quiet quitting, people want apt to quit their job, people want apt to do early retirement, because they realize life is fragile. And why, why wait to a certain age to celebrate life when I can do it now? And so the big ideas I'm going to try to explore is meditate on whistleblower and the glorious miracle of the incarnation. Let's meditate on idols and the world fall short of true satisfaction and meaning. And then um, let's aim to live a life of holy celebration. Holy celebration <laughs> as we await Christ's return for the end of our race. Heavenly Father, I come before you and I pray that you would anoint me to speak this message with simplicity, with clarity, and with power. In Jesus' name, amen. So, dear brothers and sisters, it's Christmas season, and let's reflect on the mystery of God who came down from heaven to enter. In our world, this side of the veil, right, of reality, right, there's a supernatural, there's the natural, and he took on flesh, and in Jesus, God was incarnate. He became man like us, and this way he opened the road for us to be connected to the kingdom of God and have communion with him. And so we have to do this, right? Sometimes we have to sit down, pause, and remember uh, first course principles, uh, uh, first principles that like the root, right? And so sometimes as a parent, you have to sit down and realize that parenting is more than just kids getting A's in school, mm. right? There's the emotional intelligence, yeah. right? Because you know why some of us are twisted? Because our parents didn't get it right in certain early stages of development yeah. and the left some gaps, right? And so, um, you know, 
you got certain trauma, right? Some people want to hug you. Like, I get that, right? <laughs> you certain things, right? Or sometimes some people sabotage when the relationships were too good. They'd be like, I see where you're looking at me because they want to leave you before you leave them. Mm-hmm. And so we, we're going through things. So, so sometimes you have to stop and pause and reflect as a parent and realize it's more than just the kid getting into rock science. Does my kid know that she is loved? Do they know that they have health, healthy self-esteem and self-worth, right? Do they know how to do things, right? Do they know how to talk garbage, feed themselves, wash their clothes? And so even in marriage, right? Marriage is more than just sex. Marriage is more than just paying the bills. And so sometimes we have to pause uh, and come back because we can lose sight of Jesus in going to church. Mm-hmm. Like in the Bible, there's a story, Joseph and Mary, they lost, lost Jesus. And they lost them in a, in, in a religious pilgrimage. They went for a feast and they were there with their friends. And, and Jesus must have been a good one. Because my kids, you know, I always have to keep an eye on them. But Jesus was a good boy. They, they, they didn't know what Jesus was out for days. I said, you know, he was good, right? And then they were like, with the caravan, and they were like, hey, the house, you got Jesus? No? But that was about Jesus? Who's Jesus? We love Jesus. You know, what was a home alone? Right? And so, <laughs> yeah. Jesus goes to Nazareth. <laughs> so they went back, and you know, Jesus was doing his thing, right? He's out there in my father's house. And sometimes we lose Jesus at Christmas. Mm. We're trying to work overtime. Galatians chapter 4, verse 47. 
And the apostle Paul, for whatever reason, had great revelation. You know, they say a really smart person can explain complex concepts simply, right? Um, I, I, I watched this football podcast with these two brothers, named the Kelsey brothers. And one is a tight end, Travis, and his brother, I forgot his name, he plays line for the Eagles. So the guy from the Eagles said, my best coach made everything simple. He goes, oh, how do I block this guy? And he said, try to shake his hand. Try to reach out and shake his hand. And you know, just extend, right? You push him. And he goes, he made everything really simple for football players. That's why this particular guy was a great coach. And so Paul made things really complex and simple. Because Paul was a student. Paul was very smart. I know we don't say, God, this is the foolish things of the world because the wise, but he doesn't give us permission to say foolish. And once in a while, God calls really smart people, yeah. like Moses, like Paul, yeah. right, to do great things, right? And then he makes really people like me, by my life, smart by some miracle, right? And so, like Peter, the Bible says that Peter was unlearned. He couldn't like, read or write, some people said. But theologians say, if you read First and Second Peter, is some of the deepest theological writing in the whole New Testament. Because why? The Holy Spirit gave wisdom. The Holy Spirit gave revelation. So I want to let you know that you may have lost a few brain cells back in the days of that party in 1979. You know what you were doing, right? <laughs> But God can restore you. Yeah. We know you. Yeah. We praise you. So in Galatians 4, 4 through 7, Paul writes, But when the, when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law. So he could adopt us. As his very own children. You ever met somebody really rich and like, you need a son, right? I know I, I said that, I'm glad you, right? Um, and because we are his children, God sent the spirits of his sons into our hearts, too, prompted us to call out Abba Father. He's like that. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. So because of Jesus' sacrifice, now we are adopted into the family of God. Now, Tim Keller, he's another one of my friends that don't know it yet. He's a great theological mind and pastor. He wrote this. In the person of Jesus, God emptied, emptied himself of his glory and became human. That's the incarnation. And through the work of Jesus, God substituted himself for us and atoned us for our sin by grace, bringing us into fellowship with him in the church. That's substitution. And it goes, at the return of Jesus, God will restore creation and make a new world in which we can enjoy our new lives together with him forever and as restoration. You know, Rick Warren also said, God's greatest Christmas gift to use our salvation. And that's three qualities. Number one is expensive. Yeah. It's priceless. Mm. It was broken this life and resurrection. Mm. Number two is the only gift that lasts forever. Okay. You can give me a neutral bullet and I got the gift. I will break it in six months. <laughs> and number three is extremely practical. You will use it for the rest of your life. Mm. Now it's story time with Pastor. 
<laughs> Long time ago, there was a man who ruled in Persia, and he was a wise and good king. He loved his people. He wanted to know how they lived. He wanted to know about their hardships. And he often dressed in the clothes of a working man or a beggar and went to the homes of the poor. No one whom he visited thought he was their ruler. He was an undercover boss, right? <laughs> and one time he visited a very poor man who lived in the cellar. He ate the coarse food the, the poor man ate. And he spoke with cheerful and kind words to him, and then he left. Later, he visited the poor man again and disclosed his identity. I am your king. The king thought the man would surely ask for money, gifts, or favor, but he didn't. Instead, he said, you left your palace and your glory palace and your glory to visit me in this dark and dreary place. You ate the poor food I gave you. And you ate with me. You brought gladness to my heart and to others. You have given your rich gifts to me. You gave me the greatest gift. You give me yourself. Hmm. And the King of Glory, the Lord Jesus Christ, gave Himself for you and I. And the Bible speaks of as the unspeakable. And this old saint, right after, like right after, right after John died, the Apostle John, he was the last one. He didn't get martyred, right? After he died, he trained a guy named Polycarp. And Polycarp trained some other uh, doctors and founders of the church. And one guy was St. Athanasius. And he said, he became what we are so we might become what he is. Yeah. And like Pastor Ray says all the time, Jesus paid the debt we didn't owe because we owe the debt we couldn't pay. So I just want to challenge you throughout the week. Right? You get the Bible app. You're smart. You get the reading plans. Get a plan on Christmas, Advent, Incarnation, and read it. Amen. You know, many of us, our, some of us, our work takes a, a chill, like a slope, right? A more relaxed slope, right? You ask yourself, is this a 2022 problem or 2023 problem? With the answer emails, right? <laughs> and if that's like, if that's you, like if you are in the retail, then we pray for grace and strength. But if you work an office job and things are taken off, or you find yourself off because your kids are off, I just want to ask you. Spend more time meditating on who all this is. Right? Um, it's like, you know, Hamlet, right? Shakespeare wrote Hamlet. Somebody said, Jesus coming out slowly. It's like Hamlet going to the cellar in his story and finding Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. Right? And then the author of life came into our story to fix our story. Mm -hmm. All right, so the second big idea is um, let's meditate on how the world falls short and celebration. So there's a movie. You guys ever heard of the movie Christmas Carol yeah. with the Scrooge? Like my mom was old school. My mom made me watch uh, the March of the Wooden Soldiers. That's when we watched Wizard of Oz. I think that's why I was the Spurgeon Theorist growing up. I saw the Wizard of Oz so much. I see the Wizard of Oz. You know, behind the curtain, you know. And so that shows that we watch Christmas Carol often. And the Christmas Carol, Ebenezer Scrooge. Is uh Jason Masetta? Yeah. I'm just gonna try my shit. He didn't eat myself. He's hot. Right? He's like, so much. He said, just so you guys be doing dances with bloody eating. I said, Jason, dinosaur. 
So Scrooge was cheap. He was mean. He hated humanity. We know money don't make us happy. Right. I, I heard this podcast. This guy said, I know a lot of billionaires. Oh, Dave Chappelle. He says, I know a lot of billionaires. I know 10 billionaires. Hmm. Maybe one is happy. Right? I know a lot of poor people. And there's a greater ratio of poor people are happy than billionaires. So Ebenezer Scrooge was bad. He's, you know, he's a hater. He lived for money. Man, he was his God. His little G God was madman. You know, some people their little G God is a dick shit cry. And it don't satisfy. The devil always takes more than he gives. Yeah. Right? He always gives you a bad deal. The devil gives you a deal, just, just it's a bad deal. And Scrooge is visited by three ghosts. The ghost of Christmas past, Christmas present, Christmas future. And so he's confronted with certain stories of his past that were pivotal to his current formation. Major failures, major turning points. And then it was the ghost of Christmas present. And it showed the true mirror of himself and our other people's, the reality of the situation. Hmm. And then it was a ghost of the future, of Christmas future, and what would be like if we don't change. And so this is dude named Tony Robbins. He charges a lot of money for workshops. And one of, one of my other uh, mentors will go know is Tim Ferriss. And Tim Ferriss went to a $10,000 workshop. And he says, Tony Robbins has this thing similar to the Christmas carol. And he does this thing called the Dickens process. And in the process, he, he tells you, like, what belief that you have that no longer served you, what did it cost you in the past? Mm. Right? And then he says, what is it costing you in the present? And think about with these current trends and, and seasons and cycles and paradigm, what would it cost you in your future? And then he has a, a, an evaluation process that changes your habits, right? And so we see here that this happened to Scrooge, right? And we realize now as Christians, we realize this is a story of grace. Because what was a nightmare to Scrooge was really a grace from God. There was a reality to change the situation. Many Christians are Christians because of tension, transition, and trouble. Right? And sometimes we feel ashamed of that. And I'm here to let you know that Jesus may have started as your, your crutch, but he begins to become your foundation. Mm. And so Scrooge tries to chase the magic of Christmas by, cha by cha chasing money. But he realized it was a nightmare. And that's like us. We come to a point in our life of our spiritual nakedness where we realize our way wasn't working. Our perspective wasn't serving us. Our idols weren't really giving back. It wasn't really giving, right? And so we come to the point where we realize that we had to bend the knee and allow Jesus to take the wheel. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit comes to us in our life and shows us our need. And then we repent. And then we live uh, with worship and with joy and with awe. And so when Scrooge wakes up from this nightmare, few things happen to Scrooge. He feasts. He gives, he sings, and he reconciles. He feasts, he gives, he sings, and he reconciles. When, um, when the children of Israel, Exodus, wake up for wake up uh, and no longer are slaves in Egypt, what do they do? They eat, they drink, they share what they have, and they sing stories. So, as followers of Christ, I want you to embrace celebration in your lifestyle. Mm. 
We've been saved to save. We've been saved to serve. We've been saved, we've been forgiven to forgive. And I pray that many of us will have a Scrooge realization. I'm not calling you Scrooge. <laughs> but a realization that we'll feast a little more, that we'll sing a little bit more, that we'll reconcile with others, and that we'll enjoy the joy of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so before I let you go, that church did a really good thing on the book of Ecclesiastes. And I want you to open the scripture and highlight it on the app. It's Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I'm reading a great philosophy book by a theologian named Peter Kreef called The Three Philosophies. And he goes over the book of Job, the book of uh, Ecclesiastes, and the book of Song of Solomon. Mm. And Ecclesiastes is one of the greatest philosophical writings. And it says in chapter 3, verse 12 to 13, Solomon says, I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift of them. When you read Ecclesiastes, you realize life has limits, but I can suffer. How many people come to a realization of certain limits and capacities in their life? Right? There's certain limits, right? There's certain of us, if we don't eat by a certain time, we get a little hangry. <laughs> and we have certain limits, right? There's some of us that we realize we're going to find the fitness that we would never look like this in a living. <laughs> we, take the, we do our best. We're faithful to take care of ourselves. We're faithful to pursue our dreams and our goals. But we understand we come to a place the older we get that we have to understand that there are limits, but we can celebrate around those limits. Amen, amen. I realize I'm not special. I speak in other schools, but if people speak at big universities, I preach in Ireland. There's people who preach all over the world. I got a church of really cool people. There's like 28 of you. This church is with 28,000 people. But I have to celebrate what God has given me. Right? I can't keep chasing what God has given Pastor Ray. I can't keep chasing what God has given to chat with people. I'm never gonna have the brains of Malik in the MBA. I get it. I, I you know, I'm not I'm not gonna have the experiences of my uncle and my aunt, and that's good. And I have to learn to celebrate them as God is doing something in their life, celebrate them and also recognize the grace of all time. It rains on the good people and it rains on the bad people. Come on. We can't be perfect, our bodies are slowing down. We only have so much time, and we can't just outgrind every lack in our life. Mm. Rather than aiming for to be the best, I have to be content, content in doing my best and accepting my limits. And that makes it easier to celebrate. Mm. I do my best, but I trust God for the rest. <laughs> and so we, we learn to celebrate irregardless of our limitations, right? Because some people, they're such perfectionists, they never celebrate. They never celebrate that they're a pastor unless they have a thousand They never celebrate their kids unless their kids get all A's. They never celebrate their business unless they be on Fortune 500. Celebrate what God has given you. Another thing, life has seasons. Celebrate them. Life has seasons. Celebrate them. The endurance of winter brings more delight than the warm summer. The embracing of times of loneliness cultivates delights with people. 
We have to learn to celebrate the seasons we're in. And we have to learn to celebrate simple pleasures. Right here, he says, celebrate your little job. Eat and drink, have a good time with your family, and do good. Mm. See, a lot of us, we don't know how to have fun and do good. Because mm. we were taught it was an either or. Mm. And we never realized that it's a both ends. Yeah. You can be holy and happy. Amen. I didn't know that growing up in the Lord. I got to be holy. I had to sacrifice all my happiness. But I had to let God rewire me by making new things happy. The Bible says, He will give you the delights of your heart. Some theologians say that it's not He's going to just give you what you want, He's going to give you a new desires. And then when He gives you new desires, then He will give you those desires. He's not going to give you the desires that's going to affect the spirituality. He's not going to give you desires that's going to make you sabotage your family. He's going to give you new and pleasant and delightful and holy and sanctified desires. Hebrews 13 5 says, Keep your life free from the love of money and to be content with what you have. For he said, I will never leave you a person. I'm going to my friend Pastor Ray to pray for you folks. Uh, and I just want to implore you to meditate on the miracle of the incarnation. And Jesus existed in the very beginning. When God said, Let there be light, Jesus was there and he was the architect of the design. And he comes to a virgin birth and he comes and he, you know what's amazing? He chooses to live poor. That gives me hope, that gives us hope. He wasn't born in a great hospital. He was born like, you know, Kings County of this area, you know, I think Kings County, but he wasn't born in some fancy, fancy hospital. We know. And then, you know, he was like a refugee. He had, he had a boss from his career to go to Egypt. I'm sure he, his family faced something to go to Egypt. But he lived a sinless life. He did miracles. He demonstrated love and joy and teaching. He laid down his life of death. He was resurrected. He commissioned and he released the Holy Spirit to empower our walk and witness. Mm. And we have to learn not to, we have to savor the noise or savor the silence. Whatever you in your Christmas Eve, to bring Jesus in the middle of it. Amen. And let the Lord satisfy you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your grace and your mercy upon our lives. God, help us to continuously, daily, separate ourselves to meditate on your glory. Lord Jesus, that you would leave heaven to come to earth. That you would come to die. God, we just thank you. That you look down upon us with mercy in your arms. And you've chosen us for a time like this. Help us to reflect on what you've done in our lives. God, help us to go and allow your characteristics, your spirit, your will be done in our lives, wherever we go, to the people we interact with. Help us to be the hands and the feet of your son Jesus. God, we thank you for this time, for this moment, for Pastor Ed. This church, Spirit of the Living God, just move in us and through us, enable us 
to live out this sermon, God, as we need you. Father, we need to live in the Holy Spirit. Have your way in our lives. Bless Pastor Ed. Bless his family. Bless the members. God, help us to go out and let everyone know what Christmas is all about. God, help us to accept the, the invitation, the challenge to read the book of John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and Revelations, Lord. We ask you to download from heaven the mysteries of the gospel to us. New levels of intimacy with you as we close out this year, God. And we will seek you out. You will give us a holy desire to know you more, a spiritual thirst to be in your presence. God, glorify yourself in our lives. Continue to mold us, continue to shape us. Thank you for the many, many testimonies everyone is testifying about, God, of your goodness. And God, we carefully give you all the glory, all the honor as you continue to bless, as you continue to move, as you fill our lives, as you fill our souls, as you fill this church, God, we'll give you and you alone all the glory, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. God, help us. Let an anointing be on our lives. Help us to go out and pray for others and love on others and just share the good news of your son Jesus with others, God. We thank you, God. We thank you for the service. Thank you for the thank you for this word, God. Enable us by your power to live it out. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. 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 Sure, every Sunday I'm on virtual Zoom, 5 p.m. The same 